We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the edition of Dynasty Streetcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to our friends over at the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Make sure to tune into the rest of the show for your chance for a 100% deposit match, the only way we know how. All right, week 12 is in the books, and we'll talk about it shortly, but week 12 is in the books, and the Deshaun Watson suspension is over. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but that is... Something I didn't expect to be saying in 2022, but it, that is the case. Um, joined by the one and only Dan Sanyo on this lovely day. Uh, Dan, how are you? I'm good. Uh, fantasy playoffs are rapidly approaching, only a couple of weeks away. And uh, the news and notes just continue to get more interesting. Quarterback news today, and um, we're going we're gonna to throw another little ranking set at you as well. So I am... Um, yeah, it wasn't. I, I don't really think anything crazy happened this week, aside from maybe a little bit of the quarterback play. But some of it was a kind of a continuation of what we'd been used to, and uh, and then some new stuff. But yeah, the the Watson stuff. Uh, I, I feel for Jacoby Brissett. I, he he's played quite well all year, and it'll be interesting to see if he's earned himself a, a starting role in the future. But we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, definitely some possible like veteran open spots potentially with, you know, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, like there's there's going to be movement at the quarterback position in the offseason. But first, we'll start off with a player who most teams would not want moved onto their um, and it is one Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had uh, played hit for the first time this year after injury slash benching slash all those fun things. Played his first game, had 164 passing yards and a touchdown. Also a rushing touchdown that back in the days when I thought Sam Darnold was good. That was actually what excited me was he, you know, had some mobility for a guy that, you know, you probably wouldn't expect. Um, so Sam Darnold is the Panthers starting quarterback for now. Um, what is your stance on on this quarterback trio of of Darnold and Mayfield and um, the other guy? I'm forgetting. P.J. Walker, <laughs> P.J. Walker. Where, where are we at with these three guys? Uh, well, let me start out by saying let's cool it with the mobility thing. He had three carries for three yards and a touchdown. Okay, 
calm down, Nathan. But okay, but he also had like rushing touchdowns with the Jets. That's what that's my. Oh, I I know I know. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a hodgepodge of below average quarterbacks. They're just for now until they can find themselves uh, a new starter. They're they're just going to be playing the hot hand, um, which unfortunately for them is essentially a frozen hand at all times. So yeah, Darnold. Didn't even have to throw 20 passes this week against an absolutely putrid Denver Broncos team. Um, they have essentially become a run first, run second, run third team with the absolute monstrous double-headed dragon in Donta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard, who combined for 41 carries and like 160 yards or something. But yeah, I mean, Darnold didn't look bad by by any stretch of the imagination he, he he looks like he's probably finally healthy for the first time in a while uh i still don't know that him being healthy will allow him to overcome him being very mediocre i do think that he's probably the starter for the rest of the season at this point i, I don't i don't know uh, barring injury i don't know how you go back to baker mayfield to pj walker uh, if Darnold is healthy, regardless uh, if he's winning the quarterback battle in at practice or whatever, he should just probably be the starter for the rest of 2022. Yeah, and obviously the the de facto, like none of these guys are the 2023 starter is the prevailing thought, but they are currently slated at the fifth overall draft pick in the 2023 NFL draft order. And that's behind Houston, Detroit, and Seattle. Three teams that could all consider quarterback. I know Geno Smith's having a career year, but... I find it hard pressed that if somehow one of Stroud and um, and Young fall to Seattle, I, I I find it hard to believe that that Pete Carroll is going to pass on one of those two top prospects. I think it's the the, 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 the where where the is going to get in trouble is that they're going to draft Will Levis at 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 five, and he's terrible, um, <laughs> which will continue the the long line of terrible Panthers quarterbacks since Cam Newton left the first time um or was cut the first time um so anyways so yeah i think for the most part sam donner probably doesn't matter um he's an, a fine guy that you probably got off your waiver wire at this point and in unless it's like a deep super flex league um but i don't really see any future prospects for, for sam darnold as much as i used to like him um now one guy who does have future prospects it is trevor lawrence uh trevor lawrence is on fire uh he's you know had some really good games this year. Obviously, his best game of the season, not maybe not fantasy points wise, but just impressive wise with the comeback against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they almost got killed by a Justin Tucker 80 yard field goal at the end. Um, but Trevor Lawrence looks good um, and is, you know, there is some Jekyll and Hyde to Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence's season, but he is still very much playing his way into being like a top eight dynasty quarterback. Well, I think he's already a, a top eight dynasty quarterback. I think I think the conversation that he's starting to put himself in is whether or not he belongs in that upper tier. Now, what we don't really get a lot of, or at least consistently, is the rushing aspect of Trevor Lawrence because he actually is quite good when he gets outside of the pocket and starts moving. He's good enough with his legs. Um I think he just trusts his arm more than he does his legs at this point, which I'm I'm totally okay with. I'm, I prefer him to stay in the pocket and not get out in the open field and get smoked and get injured. But we've we've been finding more consistency, uh, especially over maybe the last month month and a half, give or take. Uh, 
and and not really any cupcakes on the schedule outside of maybe the Raiders. I mean, this is a pretty solid Baltimore team, and he picked them apart. He did the same thing with Kansas City last week. Um, you know, not not necessarily blowing the doors off, but going for two fifty plus, three hundred plus, and and throwing touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been clean in the last three weeks. I, I think. I think we're finally starting to see the developed version of Trevor Lawrence rather than the prospect Trevor Lawrence. I think we're at a stage now where we have to start considering him in the space with a Joe Burrow. Uh, I I would have him ahead of Kyler Murray. Yes, I get the Kyler Murray rushing aspect and whatnot, but I I think Fields and Trevor Lawrence are going to be moving up um, in that uh, Burrow-Lamar category. I just don't know if he's made enough headway to get into the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and some people still have Justin Herbert there. I think he's just outside of that top tier. But I, I think Trevor Lawrence is closer to Justin Herbert than he is to, like, Dak. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's what you get when you have a guy who has this runway of like this potential 10, 15 year career and especially in Superflex where that longevity matters. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the the concern with Lawrence is the the lower point games, the five point game against the Eagles, the six point game against the Broncos. Like, you know, you, you have this Jekyll and Hyde bit, but hopefully as he progresses and I obviously um, Russell, you and I and Russell and I, we, we we randomly text random things throughout you know NFL Sundays. And I just texted Russell like, yo, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jaguars, what are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Jordan Addison, Jordan, Jackson Smith and Jigba, like the Jaguars are going to have like a top 12, 14-ish pick. Um, and they have to use that on a wide receiver. And, you know, if Christian Kirk continues to be a solid NFL wide receiver too, Marvin Jones is an ancillary piece. He's probably a free agent, but, they, you know, he seems like a type of guy who might stick around there. Um they're going to build some pieces around him, and they they did so. They you know they spent the big money on Zay Jones and stuff like that. But I think that that there's one big weapon away from really supporting Trevor Lawrence. Well, they, they need a they need a true outside talent. I, I, I get Christian Kirk has been nice, he's been consistent. Zay Jones has well outperformed what he is really capable of doing, and you know Marvin Jones is just a nice vet who who is just a solid strong player. So. I mean, that's not really a trio you would think of like, wow, this this quarterback has really great weapons. I mean, you it's it's kind of in the Patrick Mahomes realm right now, but he has Travis Kelsey. So, uh, you know, you look at you know, Joe Burrow, he's got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Um, Dak Prescott has CeeDee Lamb. You know, everybody has at least that one guy. And Trevor Lawrence just kind of has wide receiver twos and threes, but they're outperforming what they should be doing now that's probably because they don't have a lot of places to throw the ball but when you consider all of that if you put an elite you know an elite playmaker like uh any of the guys that you already mentioned jackson smith and nigma um you know you're bigger on jordan addison than i am I, i just i think they need to get a playmaker Right now, you just have good NFL players. I don't think you have anybody that can take over a game. You don't have a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase. You don't have a Jalen Waddle. You don't have those kinds of players. And if they can get one, that's just going to free everything up for Trevor Lawrence. And then I think we will have him up in at, probably at the very top of Tier 2. And then, you know, if he can start using his legs a little bit more effectively, I think we'll have him in that top tier if he continues to progress the way he is. All right, and let's finish up with two more uh, 
quarterback notes, uh, Deshaun Watson um, coming back from his suspension. Uh, you know, this Browns offense has looked good at times, even without Deshaun Watson. Mari Cooper has been outstanding this year outside of a, a bad drop that almost cost the Browns the game against the Buccaneers. Um, but this could very easily be an offense contending with the likes of, of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Like, am I wrong? No, I, I mean, and I don't really think it's that much of a stretch. Amari Cooper is still playing at an elite level. You know, when he is healthy and when he's playing, uh, he's one of the best. And then you reintroduce a, a, a high-level quarterback like Deshaun Watson back into the offense that Jacoby Brissett has done a very good job of patrolling so far. I mean, he's by no means Deshaun Watson or or a, a top-level QB, but with the weapons that they have, you don't have to be an elite playmaker to to make things work here. So you, you you still have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt as kind of that extra that extra piece. David Njoku has shown up this year. You pay that man, and he will show up and play for you. You pair him with Amari Cooper. Even Donovan Peoples-Jones has looked really nice this year at times. But, but I mean, that's another big-time playmaker. And now, again, you, you insert Deshaun Watson into this offense, and they're going to be tough to keep up with. And that defense is strong enough when healthy that, uh, you know, they're going to kind of have that freedom on offense to, to just kind of let it go and, and play aggressive and, and do those kinds of things. So we'll see. I, I don't know if they're because of how strong that AFC is right now, if they're going to be able to make a push to, to try to sneak into the playoffs. I, I, it probably seems like it's out of the, out of the cards right now. I mean, they're what four and seven. I mean, that that's you essentially have to win out and hope for some luck to get in. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, I don't think really anything changes for Amari Cooper. He's been so good that, that it's just going to continue. Um, I'd be excited to see with David Njoku and, and, you know, Deshaun has that history of loving his tight ends as well. And I think it's only going to help Nick Chubb because you add a, a mobile quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who's also scary with his arm. And that's only going to free up the box for someone like Nick Chubb, who is already difficult to manage and now you you bring in that quarterback that can spread the offense even more, and it's going to be it could be scary pretty quick. Yeah, I, I think that that Browns offense is going to be among the the elite very early. You know, Watson, mobile, great arm, all those different things. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all in on this Browns offense. I was you know pretty much as soon as the trade happened, I'm like, okay, you get yourself some Mari Cooper, some David Njoku, some Nick Chubb, some Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's been a little underwhelming this year, but I think that's probably because. Kareem Hunt is kind of, as an RB2, Kareem Hunt is reliant on an explosive offense. And Brissett has been good. He has not been explosive. So we'll see how Hunt's uh, role in that offense as a receiving back evolves now that Deshaun Watson is under center. Our last quarterback note, Derek Carr. Uh, rumors of getting cut, rumors of getting traded. Um, because this Raiders team is incompetent. The only good side, the only good player on this team basically has been Josh Jacobs. and uh, Devontae's been solid. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, Josh, but Josh Jacobs has been the the big bright spot for them, and they didn't pick up his fifth year option, so uh, they're likely going to have to franchise tag him because uh, he's probably like, screw you guys for not picking up my option. So, what are your thoughts on Carr playing elsewhere? It, I'll put it this way: Is Derek Carr guaranteed a starting job somewhere in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I, I think I think I've been on record as saying he's probably one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's been, he's done nothing but, 
produce his entire career. Now that not, not hasn't necessarily led to wins, but it's also been the Raiders. So I think like 2015 or 2016, they had a, a big season. And then obviously last year uh, with their little playoff run, but to me, this is more of a McDaniels offense thing than than it really is on car. I mean, he still hasn't been bad. He's got 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions. And, you know, the, the yardage hasn't always been there. But again, that offense is Devontae Adams or Josh Jacobs. And you don't really have much else. You know, Darren Waller's been hurt when he's on the field. It's a little bit different as well. So I think I, I still think Derek Carr is is a Las Vegas Raider, you know, when it's all said and done. I, I, I don't think that they can cut him, but I mean, maybe, maybe that's, they just want to move on. They want to fr- start fresh. Uh, I, it's, it's a, it's a weird one because I, I feel like that team should be better, but again, they're just kind of one of those middling teams with, a, with a good offense, a bad defense. And, it's a hard way to find wins with not only a new head coach, but a head coach that historically has not done well as a head coach. Yeah. I, I think that there's, you know, that we talked pre-show a little bit about the Raiders, like financial obstacles and not being able to fire McDaniels. But I think it's been an interesting off season for them financially. And also just how they're a team that needs an overhaul, whether it's with McDaniels or not, they need to strip the roster. Like they, they should try and trade um, Max Crosby for whatever they can get. They should, um, you know, try and get anything they can get for Carr. Like, they, they're a team that needs to, you know, tear it down to the bones and then, you know, try and build back up. It's just that they have pieces that are going to make it difficult to do that. Well, yeah, everything that they have is is a massive piece. Anything anything anybody would want is a massive piece. You know, you, you can't move Devontae Adams. That contract is just an immovable object. Um, Derek Carr would be tough to move without a an able and willing second party that has a ton of cap space there. I can't imagine you're going to want to sign Josh Jacobs to when you're trying to rebuild or build or whatever, you can't pay a running back all sorts of money when he's had the season he's had, and he's going to demand that kind of money. Now I I, I don't see how they do that, but they're also going to be potentially strapped because of having to move some of these guys. Now moving Max Crosby is a little bit different. I, I think they can get a decent return there, but I think you're right, Nathan. I think they have to start at some point. They have to just go for a, a full teardown and start over, as tough as that may be. This this team is just kind of stuck in mediocrity. Yeah, they had the playoff run last year, but that one just kind of felt fluky to me. That team didn't really feel like they were they should have been winning the games that they won. And and now this team just is just kind of stuck. They're four and eight. I think they're four and eight. Um, you know, the offense looks really good sometimes, but it kind of relies on how good Josh Jacobs is and whether or not Derek Carr turns the ball over. When he turns the ball over, that team looks completely different. When he's protective of it and throwing it well, uh, I, I think the team, that offense looks like it could be solid and strong. It, it's just, yeah, they, they got to they gotta do something. They, they, they built something and then hired a coach that just didn't, didn't really make sense. All right. Now, before we get into our rapid-fire wide receiver rankings, let's hear a word from our friends over at Underdog. We talk about it every week. Underdog Fantasy is the place to play. They still have the weekly best ball drafts, three-man, six-man, the battle royales, all sorts of different stuff. But you also have the pick'ems in play. 
the hires and lowers. There's so much fun to be had at underdog. And there, I, I don't think that there's anybody doing it better. They're the, they're the fastest growing fantasy outlet in the world right now. It, it's absolutely blowing up. Make sure you get in at, at the ground level, to be honest, because I think we're still at the ground level here. And things, you know, sky's the limit. So go to underdogfantasy.com. And on your first deposit, guys and gals, they're going to match your first deposit up to $100 for each and every dollar of that. You put in 100 they put in 100 And again, there's no trickle down. You, you don't have to spend the money to get it. Once you put in your initial deposit, they're matching it immediately. That money's in your account. Now you've got all that money to play responsibly and have fun. Do your pickums, do your best ball drafts, anything you want. And the only thing you need is our code ROTOVIZ. That's R-O-T-O-V-I-Z on your first deposit up to $100. And underdog is the place to play. Underdog, we love you. You know that. We say it every week. We love you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All righty, let's get into some wide receiver rankings. I'm going to start off with the no-duh part of the, the Dynasty wide receiver rankings. <laughs> um, Dan, I, I, I know that one and two and two and one. Da, da. My top tier is Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Your top tier is Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Am I wrong? Uh, well, you are wrong because you don't have Justin Jefferson at one. Anyone who doesn't have Justin Jefferson at one is wrong. There is no arguing this, he, that you are wrong. I could make the argument that Je- uh, Jamar Chase isn't even the best wide receiver on his team. Now, that would be a bad no, argument. you can't. You can, because T. Higgins no, is you elite. T. Higgins is elite. All right. Justin Jefferson is one. I said it from day one, Nathan. This is the closest thing we've had to Randy Moss. But I was wrong when I said that because Randy Moss didn't go across the middle. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver that we've seen since uh, Terrell Owens. I I don't know. He is as good as it gets. There is nobody better in the NFL right now than Justin Jefferson. There won't be anyone better than Justin Jefferson. The offense is built around Justin Jefferson, and he is going to continue to eat. He is in a tier... Of his own at number one, Nathan. That's incorrect. Um, Jamar Chase gets the slight nod over Justin Jefferson because he has Joe Burrow, and I, I, I do, I, I can and will accept the slight rebuttal that that uh, T. Higgins is much better than than Adam Thielen, therefore taking away targets, yada yada. And of course, Tyler Boyd is better than whatever the heck the third wide receiver is. <laughs> KJ, hey man, KJ Osborne is pretty darn good. Um, but yeah, those are the top tier, uh, even if Dan says that J- Jefferson is in a tier all of his own. 
Um, my next tier is probably this. Um, so my, my next tier would probably be three to six. So four, four players long. And it is an, in order three, AJ Brown, four Waddle, five Higgins, six Lamb. Okay. See, I'm, I'm still in the like infatuation phase with CD Lamb because I think he's so much better than what his numbers have said. And Dak missing time has really hurt him. Uh, and, and that offense kind of being a little bit in shambles, but they seem to be kind of back in my opinion. I actually have CD at three. Now my, my group, your group is three to six. My group is three to eight. I have these, this, the group from three to eight, all very, very similar in value to me personally. And I think you could really interchange them. I would say this, this list could potentially go as far as down to 10 in this second tier. Um, but I think I have CD and AJ Brown essentially even. You could interchange them. Yeah, I, I yeah, going into the season, that's where I had them as well. Brown, Lamb, three, four, four, three. Pretty much the same thing like Chase Jefferson. You can argue those two, those two ones too. Brown, Lamb, you know, three, four. The thing with Lamb is that we've seen a little bit too much of like games where he doesn't like he doesn't show he's the alpha. Like AJ Brown is the alpha wide receiver every single game. And Lamb has a lot of those games, but it doesn't seem like it's an every single game base. That's why I don't have him quite there. Um, so that's where where I'm at with that. And then Waddle and Higgins get this get the the edge for me because they're younger um, and potentially in better situations. Um, so that's that's why that that's where that is. But like I said, it, it, if you, any of these guys three through six, if you want to, if you have AJ Brown and you want to trade me, you know Waddle in a second or Lamb in a second. I'm taking the second yeah. to, to go from three to six anywhere in this tier. Yeah, and I have I have Waddle and then Higgins and then Olave as well. Um, I, I snuck DK Metcalf into this group. Just uh, I think there was so much worry about Russ leaving, and now we see Russ being bad and DK still performing with whatever you want to call Geno Smith. Uh, and DK's still only 24 years old, and, and he's an absolute freak show. So I, I like having him up in this group. Um, I think you could shrink this group to A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb, potentially. But it's hard to exclude guys like T. Higgins, guys like Jalen Waddle, And I think Chris Olave belongs up here. I, I think he's done enough with absolutely putrid quarterback play as a rookie to show that he can be an alpha in the wide receiver, much like we want to see from C.D. Lamb, who you mentioned that he kind of struggles with that sometimes. I feel like Chris Olave brings that every single game when he's on the field. So um, this this group, though, I, I feel like... They're so all, what, can, can you go number by number three to eight for you? So three is CeeDee Lamb, four, A.J. Brown, uh, five, Jalen Waddell, six, T. Higgins, seven, Chris Olave, eight, D.K. Metcalf. Right. So I also have Chris Olave at seven. Um, I just think he's a, a touch below these guys because he hasn't, you know, proven it quite yet. Yada, And also just and we talk, talk about a, a discrepancy between you know, the Bengals and Dolphins QBs versus the Cowboys. There is a huge discrepancy between the, those four, Brown, Waddle, Higgins, Lamb. Their quarterback position, quarterback situations are immensely better than the Saints. And we don't even know, particularly the Saints don't have a first-round pick in 2023. We don't know if and when the Saints quarterback position is going to improve. But Olave has kind of shown it doesn't matter. Um, so Yeah, that that's so, the only reason I have him so high, because he, to me, feels like one of those guys that that is QB-proof. Yeah. And so talking tiers here, so if Lamb rounds up that second tier three to six, my my third tier here would be 
seven to ten. Um, so this seven to ten would be Olave, Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, DK Metcalf. I I also think that you can make the argument Metcalf belongs in that upper tier. I mean, obviously, this is all splitting hairs here. But with Metcalf, there is still some uh, instability with the quarterback position long term. And he also has, you know, ha- had some in and out games with, with Metcalf. Whereas I think that you're going to get a little bit more consistency from Amon Ra and Olav. And then Garrett Wilson has shown that, you know, if he's going to get any sort of quarterback play, he's going to be up with Chase and Jefferson possibly. Yeah, I mean, I really started typing my list, and I, and I had Garrett Wilson up with Chris Olave in kind of a back-to-back spot, and then I, I kind of looked, took a step back, looked at it. That, you know, I'm, I'd much rather have DK Metcalf there. I'd rather have a Monra, uh, but but Wilson's right there, and and I think you have to put him ahead of the older producers. You know, the 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 Tyreeks, the Stephon Diggs, is the Devonte Adams, because if you're well, the way I look at it is if you offer me a trade. Uh, and one of us is sending Devontae Adams and one of us is sending Garrett Wilson. I'm taking Garrett Wilson every single time, regardless of of how my team is built. Um, so for me, that makes it obvious that he belongs kind of up in this group. So I, I think we're very similar here. I, I think player preference is a little bit different. And, and like you mentioned, the quarterback play, um, which is kind of why I had mine the way earlier that it was outside of DK Metcalf being up included in the other group was there's there's so much more known for that and and now it seems that dk is probably quarterback proof as well because we're learning that russell wilson sucked uh and geno smith has had this career resurgence so um yeah so uh we were what on seven eight nine ten or just eight nine ten here so I, I I went seven to ten. Right now you had gone to eight. So you're you're right now you're at nine. Is your next tier nine to twelve? What's your next tier look like? So uh, I, this nine and ten is kind of that's why I said my my three to six or three to eight could be three to ten because I have Amon Ra at nine and I have Garrett Wilson at ten. I think the Chris Olave, DK Metcalf, Amon Ra, Garrett Wilson, all those guys fit really well together. I, I don't know that I could put them in separate tiers. I don't know that I could separate those guys from the Jalen Waddles and the, the Chris Olaves, the T. Higgins. Now, I, I do think I can separate CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown for me personally just because I feel like they're true alphas right now, and I don't think that's changing. But I also see the potential in the rest of that get, of that group, in that 3-10 to 10 for me. So I would say if I had to, to put... I, I potentially would have these guys in a two-person group of Amon Ra and Garrett Wilson because, again, putrid quarterback play, but we're seeing just elite output from from guys that clearly are going to be wide receiver ones in the NFL here. We just don't know what the future holds for the quarterback position. Uh, it's my one setback on Chris Olave, but again, we kind of discussed that it probably doesn't matter. And I want to think that it might not matter for Mamon Ra and for Garrett Wilson as well. So they are my nine and 10. I think that kind of ends the, for me, like this is the for sure top 10. And I don't think it's really arguable. And I think we had all the same players in our top 10. Yes. Uh, and then I think that it's much more up in the air, the the 10 to 20-ish. But yeah. in terms of like ending my my eleven and twelve, my eleven and twelve are a mix of young and old. We have eleven Drake London. I know the Falcons aren't a pretty situation right now, 
but I still think that like theoretically, if I'm drafting an NFL team, I'm still drafting Drake London above Olav. Um, really? But yeah, I think so. Um, but that's just I'm the reason why Olav's higher is because he's shown it now, and he he's shown that he doesn't need he doesn't need the a good quarterback, whereas Drake London is showing he might need some semblance of quarterback play. Um, and then rounding out would be Tyreek Hill. Um, he is going to set the receiving yardage record yeah. at 28 years old. Um, so, you know, we like the young guys and, you know, there's, there's some really good ones to consider, you know, Michael Pittman and Chris Godwin and Marquise Brown, like, and of course, Debo Samuel, Stephon Diggs. There's plenty of guys to, to consider here, but Tyreek Hill is the one that I think that, yes, you know, people talk about, you know, speed doesn't always last as long. It seems Tyree Kill's speed's going to last a while. Yeah, his speed is for eternity. Um, so my 11 and 12, they're, they're, you know, you could interchange them. I have Tyree Kill and Stefan Diggs. Um, it's the only reason I have these guys here is because they haven't hit that, that, that death number, that 29, that um, historically speaking, you know, you can go Megatron, Julio Jones, AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins. There's, there's so much information about these elite wide receivers hitting 29 it's the reason i don't have cooper cup here it's the reason i don't have Devonte adams here um these guys just sneak in they're still producing the way they're producing obviously you mentioned tyree kill doing doing what he's doing um i i just i can't put a high price tag on a 29 year old wide receiver because i know i'm getting at least one more year out of these guys and and i know that sounds crazy oh you can't can't prove that it's all circumstance uh, no no it, it it historically speaking elite wide receivers after 29 they lose all of their dynasty value whether or not they are are producing or not producing the value goes it's gone it, it doesn't exist anymore so um yes digs and hill here for me i i think probably the biggest snub is debo samuel but my worry in San Francisco is that Brandon Ayuk does not suck. He's actually quite good. And now Christian McCaffrey. I think both of those things, along with George Kittle still being a thing, really hinders Debo Samuel's ability to stick as a, a high-end wide receiver. And I still think he's very good, but at 26, he's a, a little bit older than those young guys. He's still a little bit younger than the big producers. I just don't think he's going to produce in a way to keep up with the Diggs's, the the Tyreek Hills. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to put him in this category. I do think Devontae Adams is still close because he's he's been putting in work as well. Cooper Cup, if anyone's trying to argue Cooper Cup, go somewhere else. This is a dynasty list. This isn't a top 12 NFL wide receivers list. This is dynasty rankings. Cooper Cup, probably not even in my top 20, along with Drake London. Uh, I had to throw that in there. I think uh, somebody that is moving up and could move even higher is someone like um, Traylon Burks. I think Hollywood Brown could continue to move up. Uh, I do think Michael Pittman is making his way up this list as well. Uh, and then a couple of guys that I don't think get enough love are DJ Moore, who has continued to produce with just absolutely dog meat for quarterbacks. And, you know, I think consensus has him barely as a wide receiver too. And I think he's in the running for a, high-end wide receiver too and then someone like terry mclaurin who yes is 27 but again with dog meat for quarterbacks has been producing at a high level and that offense seems to kind of run through him at this point 
Yeah, I think the one consensus that we can come to here is that there aren't enough good quarterbacks in the NFL today to support the number of good wide receivers. There's probably 40 wide receivers that could be wide receiver ones on an NFL team, and there are like six good quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to start seeing more teams following the the Dolphins and the Eagles and um, the Bengals. Obviously, when you're when you're stacking these really really strong wide receiver duos, and and the Vikings, you know, before Adam Thielen was washed, uh, you know, the Bucks are, did it with with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think if you have uh, an above average to high end quarterback. You get these wide receivers in because, man, when you can put two wide receivers that are that can play at a high level in an NFL offense with a quarterback that knows what the hell they're doing, uh, it, it just only seems to be points and and wins for any of these NFL teams. Obviously, those things are a little bit different for the Bucks right now. No, you know, I'm not trying to poke you at you, Nathan, but you look at what the Dolphins are doing with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua, who it took a little while for him to find his game, but. Now we're seeing him play at kind of what we expected him at the level we expected him to play at. And those guys are just unbelievable. They're untouchable. T Higgins and Jamar Chase, when, when Chase is healthy and Higgins is on the field, plus Tyler Boyd, that team is so tough to deal with. Yeah, and the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurts is throwing woes aside. It, him being a, a probably a below average to average thrower of the football, these guys continue to eat and they do – they, they make their own plays as they need to. So I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more, like we've seen more running back by committees. We're, we're going to see a lot less of one wide receiver teams where, hey, you have that one alpha and then a bunch of just kind of ancillary pieces. And you're going to start seeing teams stacking wide receivers. All righty. That should wrap up our quarterback talk and wide receiver rankings. Any last words, Dan? No, this is fun. I'm looking forward to getting into the offseason, especially – around draft time and, and throwing some of the young bucks into these groups as well. But um, yeah, we are a couple, about a couple months away from doing kind of a, a bigger, a bigger ranking set and getting the, our favorite position tight ends involved. Obviously quarterbacks will be in there as well, but yeah, these are, these are always fun. Alrighty. That should wrap us up for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Ta-da!